Hey guys, welcome to another East Coast Rams podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Ashton, here with my awesome co-host, Zach. Oh, guys. Oh, guys. Um, There's different types of losses and different types of pain that comes with uh, being a fan of this team. And don't get me wrong, it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be pre-2016. But Zach... This one hurt. This one hurt at least to me as much. Probably not as bad, but almost as much as that Bills, uh, twenty twenty game. I think it was twenty twenty. The uh, comeback would have been the largest comeback in Rams history. Sure. Yeah. No, I remember that game. Uh, you know, I find it slightly different. I'm actually coming out of that game. I'm slightly more optimistic. Um, I feel like going into this season, we all circled. There's going to be a circle of games that we thought that we were not going to be able to win. This Ravens game was one of those um, games that we knew that this was going to be a tough competition. And um, I feel like going in throughout this whole entire season, still week by week, we kept saying, well, we can only afford to lose a couple games. We know we're going to lose against, you know, the Ravens and we're probably going to lose again against the 49ers. And those are those that's just what we've known. I mean, this is almost since week one, we've said the exact same thing over and over again. And yes, it's just disappointing that we lost. Um, and especially the way we lost, cause we were so close of uh, being able to, um, to be able to take a win out of that one. But this team was different than it has been in, in other games. Um, it, they played a really, they played really well the entire, pretty much the entire game. Yes, there was a couple of miscues on the defensive side. We'll talk about that. There was, you know, a couple things on the special teams that needs to be worked out on. But as, as a whole, the defense played really well when they needed to, and the offense has played really well pretty much the entire game. Um, and then we did have some special team success. So we did have a lot of things that put us in the right spot. Um, I'm just unfortunate that we actually did not get the win, but I came out of it more positive than the negative. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I think this game kind of encap- encapsulates the team and the season in a single game very well. A lot of sparks, a lot of good things, a good amount of bad things to learn from and some slight, execution errors and inability to be consistent with your play and when it happens inability to take advantage of the other team uh in a bad situation uh you know uh we can we'll talk about a lot of stuff we'll talk about the block in the back that wasn't called we'll talk about um you know the run game uh their run game a lot of things to talk about but let's just say I don't know uh, about you, Zach, but I'm proud of this team, the way they played this number one defense. These last two weeks, the way this team has played against, people can argue, the Super Bowl favorite, if not tied there with the 49ers. And we've been in every game, and this was no different outside of the Cowboys game. 100%. This team has spunk. It has fight. We just have to be able to close out stuff. And I feel like this young team is growing. And if they, they're they missing a slight something, you, you know, like I, I feel like some of it is edge on defense and on the offense. I feel like it's just better execution from the overall 
line. And if we get those two things on both sides of the ball, this team, man, it, they would be contenders yeah. uh, very easily. For sure. I 100% agree with you on, on all those points. Um, this is a young team. Um, we all knew that going into this is whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, the retool, the remodel, whatever they they're succeed. They're, they're far beyond going what they thought they were going, or they knew what they had inside. It was the rest of the world that was trying to catch up with them and realize what talent they actually had on this team. And they hit all their marks on their, their draft and the, um, with getting Puka and Byron and Steve Avila and um, Kobe Turner. And, you know, the list goes on and on about the, the hits that they kept getting in there. But before we kind of get dive into that game specifically, let's kind of break down some of the news that's happened post-game. Um, and actually, we'll, we'll, the first topic kind of goes pre-game, post-game. So um, Mason Crosby, who the Rams brought onto the practice squad, you know, just a week ago, um, not even a week ago, pre- six days ago, um, they signed him to the practice squad. Friday, Sean McVay comes out and says, you know, we're probably not going into, you know, going into the direction of, um, utilizing Crosby for Sunday's game uh, kind of told us all that maybe, you know, um, Lucas kind of had the better practice uh, going into Friday. Saturday morning comes, we get news that he's been, that Crosby has been activated to the 53 man roster. Um, and so now everyone's changing their page and being like, Oh, what happened within, you know, between Sean McVay's press conference into then, and then Sunday comes around, he's inactive for the game, and now Tuesday he's been cut from the team. So kind of a very whirlwind experience um, in in that time frame. What what is your kind of thoughts about this whole Crosby's journey within the last six days with the Rams? Did it? Miss- I think it's. Rams. I think it's less about Crosby and more about basically lighting a fire under Luke Lucas, like basically saying like, we're not afraid to cut you. Uh, and like nothing focuses the mind, like potentially losing your job. Um, and, you know, it was getting to a point where his kicks, even when they were being made, weren't pretty. And, uh, I'm not like it was the same thing with Maher, but I always felt like Maher had more distance. Lucas, I, I'm still concerned about his distance and his strength, but he made all his kicks uh, in in not easy situations. Yeah, I mean, he dealt and, with. I mean, this past week he dealt in Baltimore with rain and wind, and you know all all that weather that was coming there. The ball was wet and slippery and things like that. Um, but like you said, he made all three of his field goals. One of them was a 51 yarder and both of his extra points. Um, so definitely a positive spin, probably the only positive really on the special teams this past, this week was Lucas Haversick. And so, um, so yeah, so, so kudos to him for keeping the job. And like you said, I think it does come down to that. It was that mentality that he had knowing that he was now competing for his job. Um, to kind of boost him and to kind of, you know, get his mental mentalness right to to make all those kicks. Um, so even Sean McVay, you know, he he said in his press conference afterwards that you know this was the this is what he needed. He needed somebody to come in and kind of compete with him for the job because I mean basically they just fired Maher and brought in Haversick. 
Um, he made some good kicks and then all of a sudden went downhill from there. Um, but now that he had some competition, he had some good practices, he had a good game. Hopefully it just boosts his confidence going forward um, and hopefully into the postseason. Yeah, and kickers historically are almost always terrible their first year. Like, not great, I would say. Uh, other it's than, only in their second and third year. It's very rare. Other than the Cowboys kicker, who's now 100% as a rookie. Um, I just – I mean, he's he's crazy good. They did draft um, him. They did. I mean, he was a sixth-rounder, I believe. So, you know, it was um, – you know, that's expected when you draft a kicker that, you know, he, he should be, he should be good. Um, with that, we did have some bad news in our special teams that our long snapper Alex Ward was placed on IR after a stinger on Sunday, meaning that the Rams had to pick up uh, uh, free agent Carson Tucker or Tinker. Um, so he will be our long snapper. Hopefully that doesn't cause too many issues, especially with Lucas Haversick. Um, you know, you really need someone to be able to set the ball well, um, to be able to kick well. Um, so hopefully that will be a, um, that won't be such a problem. He was a former Ram. He played in 2021 for the Rams, um, as their long snapper, um, for most of the season, I believe up until the very end. Um, really other than that, there wasn't really any other big news. Um, they're hoping to get, um, uh, Tyler Higby back. Um, so we'll see. He's more day to day. Um, but do you, do you want to talk about the Ravens game first? Or do you want to talk about the playoff picture first? Dealer's we choice. can talk about Raven, uh, Ravens game and kind okay. of roll that into the conversation. Sure. All right, let's start. So the Ravens did end up winning 37 to 31 in a tight overtime game. Um, and you know, it, this game went really well to start off with, um, you know, the Rams, mm-hmm. You know, the, the Ravens got the ball first. We got a pretty quick out on the defense. The Rams came, drove the ball pretty far down the field, couldn't get it into the end zone, had to settle for a field goal. Um, the Ravens came back, um, and, you know, they were able to – they were – I think, didn't they even get a stop before they, they got their second touchdown um, to end the, the second quarter? So it, it was a good start for the defense. I mean, being able to hold – this offense who's been pretty explosive um, having Lamar Jackson, you know, being able to avoid sacks, which he did this whole entire time, whether you believe that the ref should have been calling and holding the whole time on, on the Ram or on the uh, offensive line, not going to talk about that much, but um, the, the the Rams played a really good defensive game, at least in the, the first quarter. Um, there was a couple miscues, obviously um, that led to the two of their touchdowns. But overall, I thought the defense played pretty well. Yeah, just one note on on the refs. Uh, let's be fair to the refs. Uh, they called a pretty like physical game for both teams consistently, and uh, I will say like they at least were consistent about like not doing flags for a lot of stuff. I know, but it just it felt like there was a lot more holding calls that that that. It felt like the Rams were being held almost every single play. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, I know Lamar Jackson's great and everything like that, but he was in the pocket for a long time before he had to scramble out. And it just it felt like that offensive line was was holding, um, whether it was Aaron Donald or Kobe Turner, things like that. So, yeah. um, 
things to look at. But again, all refs, uh, there's been a lot of ref controversy. That's not probably, this game wasn't really the least of my concerns, um, but we, we, we move on. Um, so yeah, any other, over, what, what are your, some of your thoughts about this game? What, what do you want to break down? Uh, oh, man, uh, I would say for the thing that caught my eye and still is in my brain is this is the safeties went from having one of their best games last week to having one of their worst games of the year. It is against a really talented defense in bad uh, kind of conditions, and you're having to play the run more, and you're trying to sell out for the run. So I understand. I understand from that perspective. But, man, Zach, John Johnson, he was getting toasted like toast. He was crispy, uh, again, constantly burnt. Their first two touchdowns, when they were anemic on offense, the Rams outplayed them, and it was literally these two plays, but that's all you need. Two big splash plays, uh, passes, and... Honestly, so so a couple of those plays, you know, especially the ones that the two that OBJ caught, I don't think any other receiver on that team would have caught those balls. I think it was because he OBJ is so good because he had to turn his body. And, you know, that that off those those receivers that they have are so young that I don't think that none of them would have been that aware um, to be able to to make those plays. So, I, you know. The OBJ touchdown and the one prior to that where he caught it kind of on the sidelines. He he both had a look and then had to like adjust his body the other direction to actually make those catches. Um, obviously, the two two of those touchdowns were miscues by the offense. It was a completely busted play. Um, they just they just were not in in sync in what they were trying to accomplish, um, and that definitely needs to get needs to get cleaned up. Um, but you're right, John Johnson did not have a had a have a great night. Um, defense looked shaky at times, um, but they were still playing pretty dominant. I mean, when you're able to, you know, force the Ravens to punt multiple times in this game, uh, push them back and get a safety, a, their second safety in, in two weeks. Um, it's just, it, it's great to see those types of plays and that the, that some of these players like Kobe Turner are actually making really good plays, um, when they can, especially on a mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Yeah, just really well done around. I thought our DBs for the most part did a solid job seeing they were throwing 70% of the time. Um, which was weird. I thought it was weird. Well, it. It's because our uh, the way we're stacking the box, we're stacking the box against them, so they were having to. I just it was just it was hilarious to watch the first the first half at least where the Rams seem to be running the ball most of the time when they're a pass heavy team, and the reverse for the Ravens when they're a run heavy team, they were passing the ball. Uh, just just very interesting. Um, aspects of of things outside of the red zone where we had three passing plays in a row don't get me started about the whole we went nine straight and then when we get to the red zone we throw three times and have to settle for a field goal i i can't can't tell you why we do these things to ourselves but but i agree with it on first down i thought first down is a tendency breaker you're trying to catch them uh off color defense 
Second down, I do not agree with. I, I think you should have did probably a run. Our screen game was not working, not working this weekend, not there. I, I'm surprised we didn't see any jet sweeps. I don't know if I'm misremembering. I don't remember a jet sweep, and, like, I feel like that could have been a tool to help. It it could have been, but I don't know if that it was if it was weather related why they didn't do that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe they didn't have the pass blockers because you know Hunter Long went down, and you know you didn't have Tyler Higby to help with that that kind of shifting the run defense a little bit. Um, that might have been the reasons why you did, you weren't able to do those kinds of plays. Um, that's just my guess. My guess on that. Um, uh. Talking about offense, I mean, Kyron Williams keeps on proving that he's an NFL three down back. A, a lot of good stuff from him there. And uh, let's talk about kind of breakout performance of this game, Zach and Davis Allen. Like, a big mistake at the end of the game. Yes, huge mistake. It was one of the reasons the game was cost or like we lost the game. But Outside of that, I thought his blocking, I was watching his blocking, his catching, he looked dynamic and aggressive at the point of attack. Uh, it just fantastic play by Davis Allen. Yeah, I mean, uh, having having to really step in, especially when Hunter Long came out, um, you know, he, he got, what, he got four passes for 50 yards plus his first TD. Um, so just a really, really good performance from him. And then, as you mentioned, he he did well in the blocking as well. So overall, he was a he he played a very tough tough game and could definitely see him being that um, tight end too moving forward. I mean, honestly, uh, I would rather him be tight end one personally, but uh, you know that's I, not I that's not gonna that's, that's not gonna happen at least immediately with especially with Higby's you know, recent extension. I don't, I don't foresee that. No boom is on the bench. Sure. But Tyler Higby's a little different than Joe. No boom. That's another reason uh, I do want to highlight why I think we potentially lost was because no boom had to come in uh, for Havenstein. I, I really do think that hurt us on the right side, especially running. I think uh, you noticed it a lot uh, with the push on the right side after Havenstein went out. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I mean, Kyrie Williams did have some couple good good bursts finally. At the, like, he had a quite a few bursts in the first nine. He kept pushing the ball, pushing the ball, but he didn't really wasn't explosive until, you know, the very end of the game um, where he was getting those bigger, you know, 10-plus yard chunk plays. Um, but, but yes, I agree. I feel like the right side was definitely the weaker spot once Havenstein went out. Um, everyone else seemed to do really well in that kind of um, that kind of protection for Stafford and things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, they they for the most part kept Stafford pretty clean, so um, that was good. What would you say, Zach, uh, on the last drive of the game? Didn't you think there was a defensive holding on Robinson? That, that's the other thing that caught my eye. It looked like it was defensive holding. We have been called for defensive holding for a lot less. Uh, sure. But this wasn't when he was in the end zone, was it? Yeah, he was in the end zone going to catch it. And then uh, 
Uh, it was on third down, I believe. Okay. The last not... drive of the game. I think it was the Marcus Robson uh, uh, on a out route to the left side of the field. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't I don't remember that one specifically, but um, but yeah, I, I I remember hearing something about that when I, I was listening to um, JV's Long's uh, like when he breaks down players and has the players on. Demarcus Robinson was on there, and I did hear him talk about that, but I didn't hear that specific what, what play that was. Um, yeah, it, it caught my eye because I was like, oh, I, you know, I think I get the refs not calling it because it wasn't completely impeding, but the ball was in the air and he didn't have a clear opportunity to catch it. So like by letter of law, it should have been a flag, but it's one of those things they weren't calling that, the, that whole game. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, as far as our cornerbacks go, our cornerbacks played really well as well. Um, yeah. You know, they, they only allowed, um, between DK and Witherspoon only allowed five receptions each totally in 122 yards. And they were not one of the ones responsible, obviously for the C the, the TDs. Uh, Jordan Fuller was the responsible for the, for two of those. Um, so I, uh, I think Jordan Fuller was handing supposed to be handing those guys off. I honestly think that was on uh, John Johnson or, trying to think Russ yeast. Yeah. 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 So I think technically they got put on Jordan Fuller, but I think like you, like you kind of alluded to that it was part of a busted coverage that should have gone to John J- to John Johnson or yeah. Um, one of They're them supposed to be handed yeah. off and John Johnson, I, I believe for one of them, like came down uh, for some reason. I don't know if he saw something in the formation or he just like kind of kept on going downwards when it, it looked like he was supposed to be handed off. So, yeah, and then we big, won't know, so yeah, and then big big for Withers or for um, yeah for Witherspoon for catching that interception. That was oh, also yeah. a beautiful play. Um, totally just jumped up, grabbed it, and you know moved it down the field and really helped the Rams. Um, who dropped the pick six? Was that Ernest Jones? I think it was Ernest Jones. It might have been. I mean, it was a little high, but yeah, he uh, Ernest Jones was just another. He was another monster this game. Um, he he was so close a couple of times getting to Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, it so close, a fraction of a second to get there. He's been playing uh, like an elite level player, um, so he's gonna have his due sometime. But he was like a bull in a buy. Bull in a china shop getting through that offensive line. He just got – he just didn't make it quite in time. Yeah, him and Aaron Donald, it seemed like Lamar had butter uh, all over him and just slipping and sliding out of there. Uh, but, you know, good play by him. Um, we take it to OT, uh, get a good three and out, and then Zach, two of the worst drops I've seen – in a Rams game in a while, just wide open first downs. And Davis Allen drops one. And then I think it was the Marcus Robinson, two people who had great games. Yeah, the dropped. Davis Allen one I think was too high. I I think as a I think it was like that. He, right, but he's remember, he's a I mean, he's a rookie. Um and 
you know, that was a quick throw by Stafford. So I, in part to his defense, he played a lights out game and I'm not going to let this one play kind of de- depreciate what he did and what he, what he came in to do. Um, again, I think it was a little high. Could he have jumped higher? Yes. But I also thought it was such a quick throw. Stafford was such under pressure that he had to throw it off quickly and just wasn't able to, to get it um, in the right timing. So I, you know, yes. Could he have gotten it? Sure. Um, but I think it was just kind of a quick fire in, he just wasn't ready. Yeah, I just think it's like proving that this young team, a lot of rookies, it just moments missed where I feel like a more veteran player would have potentially made the play. Yeah. And they're growing and we're we're seeing that. And it's not a bad thing. It just it is what it is. Yeah. I mean uh, it's also uh, I do want to point out like McVeigh should have called a timeout before the clock ran out, uh the play clock. I thought I just thought after already getting a three and out, like I almost knew the game was over the second we punted uh, before the return at all. Like I just thought we should have called the timeout. That's why you have those timeouts in OT. It, don't take the five yards. Make it easier on your offense. Yeah. I don't remember why it was on second down and it just, they ran out of, because apparently Stafford couldn't hear the play. Yeah. They they had some, they had some communication problems with the helmet. Um, The five yards in OT is worth more, especially when you only need a field goal in that drive to win, because all the Ravens need, if you punt is a field goal after that. Sure. So like, why not just take the time out because that's the drive you need to win the game. I just didn't understand that at all on and second down, taking that. And then on third down being at third and 10 versus third and five, I think it limits your opportunities and plays a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously special teams did not tremble had two fumbles during this game. Um, not great. Not great. Um, I don't know if it was because of the weather or what, but that's just unacceptable. Their, their returner wasn't fumbling. Sure. Uh, sure. But well, we don't know the reason what exactly why, but he did fumble twice, but he did recover both of them. So at least, you know, it didn't cost us anything. Um, but obviously the bigger play was at the very end when they actually, you know, returned the ball, uh, in overtime, um, to, to win the game for the Ravens. Uh, definitely heartbreaking to see it go like that. Obviously, as you mentioned, we, there was potentially a block in the back that wasn't called. It was a block. It was a block in the back that caused the hole. So I mean, it was. was a at the, it was the very end. It was. No, at the, it wasn't at the very end. There, there was one right as he's cutting around. But I'm pretty sure, if if I remember right, there's at least six tackles that should have that could have brought him down prior to that block in the back. Yes. I get that, but he would have – that turned a 15-yard gain, which is good for the Ravens, to a touchdown and ends the game. Right. But, you know, the Rams could have taken care of that – should have taken care of that way sooner than leaving it up to, you know, right before I, the long snap – before the, the long snapper can get to him. Yeah, I don't disagree, but, like, a, a blocking back caused touchdown, so it's – it is what it is. Yeah. 
the Rams had two opportunities to convert that first down in OT. They didn't. And that's yep. why we lost the game. Yep. So, All we needed was a field goal. I mean, this team, obviously, we knew kind of, kind of going into this, that wasn't at its Super Bowl caliber. Um, can it make a playoff push? Sure. Is it going to – would it be – and this is where we'll go into this. Is it going to be a dangerous um, – if it, if we do end up getting into the um, playoffs, are we a dangerous team? 100%. Um, I think any team that gets into the playoffs is, is for the most part, pretty dangerous. Um but for kind of like our scrappy little team that seems to be able to um, play with the big boys and then, you know, also seem to get defeated by not the big boys. So it's, it's, it's a weird team that we're, that we have right now, um, but a lot of potential. Um, but right now we, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say with Kyron, we have competed with every team we played against. Uh, I don't, was Kyron out for the Cowboys game? I think I, he was. I believe he was. Uh, so, really, with Kyron, he's the secret sauce. Him and Puka and Cup are starting to work together. And it, McVay had a great uh, game play calling, just fantastic. Uh, but if you look at it in total, this team just dropped 30 plus points on the first and second ranked defenses in the league. It is by far a playoff quality team. The execution isn't always there. The finishing isn't always there. Uh, but if this team can put it together, I, I do think we can win out for the rest of the year. And I think this team going into the playoffs, if we get the seven or six seed, it is going to be a very very dangerous team for the two or three seed yeah so so right now we're sitting at uh eight in the in the seed rankings um obviously only the first seven get in um 49ers sit on top cowboys lions bucks um and then the <laughs> eagles the vikings and the packers are what kind of go into the wild card slate at this moment um there are one, two, three, four, five, five teams that are six and seven. Uh, currently in that pack is the Green Bay Packers because they did beat the LA Rams. They lost. Well, right, but the the reason why they're in the seventh seed is because they're they beat the yeah, LA Rams yeah. tiebreaker. Yeah, because of the tiebreaker. Uh, but because they did lose, thank you to the Giants uh, for a great Monday night victory. Um, that they were able to, you know, not move up, and it made a little bit more difficult well, opportunity for the Rams. So it actually, because it's a three or four way tie, the head to head doesn't count towards it. It's a, uh, I think, conference games, I'm and pretty, then after I'm, that, it said, uh, what mm. common opponents. Because uh, there's like three or four teams at six and seven. Head-to-head uh, head doesn't count in that case. I'm pretty sure it does because we beat the Seahawks and we're above the Seahawks. We haven't faced the Falcons or the Saints. I don't know what the Packers has done, but they're the only ones who have beat us. I don't know if they beat the Seahawks. I don't know. I don't know how all that math works. We, like, we've lost to a lot of AFC teams, though, versus have, NFC. Yes, that is correct. Other than the, what is it, the Packers and the Cowboys and the 49ers? Those yeah. are the teams that so, we lost to. I um, don't know. I, I would have to look into uh, how that's all going to work out. But 
kind of counting the chickens before they hatch. Right. So right now, I mean, our, our, the only ways that we're going to get in is when the Vikings and the Packers kind of pack it up. Um, those are kind of the two teams that really are the ones that we we would need to secure a win from. Um, Vikings, yeah, the obviously, Raiders. they're just they're just not any. I mean, it was three to zero that they they won against the Raiders three to zero. Like that was just abysmal. Um, the Packers, they didn't look super great on offense, um, and so you know now they're six and seven. Don't you love Zach that we can score thirty one points and lose, and a team can win with three? Don't that make you feel good? I know, I know, but I'm sure somewhere the Vikings had a really good game and the Rams had a really bad game or something like that. And I don't know. Yeah, it, there's a universe where we pull off this win and the Vikings just lose three to zero, and we're the six seed right now. This is true. This is true. But the Rams have, um, you know, they they have a moderately good schedule that kind of favors them a little bit more um, going into these last four games, um, three games, last four games. Um, so obviously this week we we have uh, the, uh, the Washington commanders is our next competition that we, we have going. Um, what do you, what do you yeah. think about them? Uh, the Commanders, uh, their offense is very hot or cold, but their defense is hot garbage. Uh, so, like, it can become a shootout, but I don't – they just haven't jailed. Sam Hill makes – or Sam Howell has made – makes a lot of, like, really weird decisions with the ball sometimes. Yeah. They're very turnover prone. So, I think this is one of those games where if we start off hot – we can kind of like kind of get the ball rolling and kind of get a blowout going. But, you know, we have to start out hot in this year. We have uh, struggled to do that. The Packers this week play the Bucks. That's going to be a uh, relatively tough game for the Packers. The Panthers, they should win that. If the Packers lose to the Panthers, they deserve not to go to the playoffs. They should get kicked out right then and there. Um <laughs> Uh, and then the Packers play the Vikings and the Bears. So, yeah. so they don't have it. They don't have the easiest schedule for themselves. I don't think um, ours obviously comes we, to the Commanders, the Saints, the Giants, but Giants at home and uh, at 49ers. We need to be one above them though. So that's the tough thing there. Yeah, I mean, is, we. Uh, I mean, realistically, we need to win the last three of those four. It'll be interesting. Yeah, to... Sorry. The the so that Green Bay versus Vikings game is going to be a a huge game. I think by then, uh, the Vikings would have lost. Uh, let's see. They play the Bengals. They should. I'd be very surprised if they beat the Bengals. Uh, they play the Bengals, the Lions twice, and the Packers. I'm going to be honest, Zach. I don't see the Vikings winning any of those to end the season. I would be surprised. Maybe they could squeeze off a win against the Lions because the Lions have been kind of, I don't know, like 
weird in the second half of the season. And then, of course, as we mentioned, the Seahawks, uh, they have a brutal end of the year. They play the Eagles next. The Titans, who did an upset against Miami. Uh, the Steelers, which really good defense. Uh, their offense is atrocious. Uh, and then the Cardinals. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, see assuming, the Seahawks maybe winning one, two. I mean, even if they tie the score with the Rams, I mean, they, the Rams win the tiebreaker. So, Not unless if it's a three- if it's a three-way tie, it goes into other tiebreakers because the NFL is silly. Yeah, but I think because we swept them, it, it defaults to us. If if it was between us and the Seahawks. Well, that's because division – I think division wins is the first tiebreaker, and that's why we go above them because they automatically – what? They lost to the 49ers. Yeah, we have four division wins, and they have uh, – four division losses. So we do get the three-way tiebreaker over them in that case. Yeah. Uh, let me look at the Vikings, see if we get the tiebreaker over them. Um, while you kind of talk about that, let's. I want to kind of dive in a little bit about the, the, um, the Washington Redskins. I mean, it's headed by Ron Rivera. I mean, this team has not been operated very well um, really for, for a long time now. Um, they're trying to make something work, um, but you know, somehow is doing a a decent job of keeping them. He's sixty five percent in his completion rate, uh, but he's only averaging six point eight yards per throw. Um, he's had eighteen touchdowns, but fourteen interceptions. He's been sacked fifty eight times um, this season with a QB rating of eighty five point six. Um, the running back Brian Robinson Johnson. He has 160 carries, 664 yards, which is 20th in the league, five touchdowns, and averages about 4.2 yards um, per carry. Um, and then their their star wide receiver would be Terry McLaren, 60 receptions, 694 yards, two touchdowns, and only averaging about 11.6 yards per uh, reception. So, I mean, this game should be winnable. It is at home. Uh, we should have a home crowd. Um, I know flights are very expensive to get to L.A. during this time period. So those Washington Commander fans, if they really want to fly out, they're going to be paying a premium price to fly. Um, I know because I tried to get ticket, tried to find flights for this, for to go out to this game. But um, it should be a, it should be a winnable game. Yeah, uh, they have a solid wide receiver core. Uh, Curtis Samuel is a solid wide receiver. Uh, trying to think of the rookie from last year, second-year player. He's a solid wide receiver. I mean, again, their quarterback is young. It's his first year fully starting. I think he potentially could be a good player. He just is going through a lot of growing pains and man when it rains it pours with him when it comes to turnovers so i'm hoping the rams can do that um just pivoting back to the vikings uh they're two and one in their uh, conference so uh basically they would have to lose 
they would have to win out of their four remaining games, uh, three of them in the three division to have the tiebreaker if we ended up tying. So uh, as long as the Lions, he uh, they get two losses from both of the Lions games or like one of the Lions games and the Packers, uh, we would be set in that case. In theory, uh, the Rams would still want the Packers to lose. Let's hope so. So here's a question for you. I'm going to put this down here, and I want everyone's thoughts down below in this comment section about this. Let's say the 49ers, they clinch their first round. They they get the first round by um, for the conference. Do you think that if it would mean that the Rams would not – they would have – the Rams have to win against the 49ers to get into the playoffs. Do you think the 49ers would still start – or hold back their starters, even though they already clenched the first round by? I think they would hold back. That would be asinine. That would be so stupid. It'd be interesting. It would just, it's an interesting theory only because, you know, do you really want, you know, especially after last year when they lost two or three QBs, like, do you really want to go through that again? Because, you lose Purdy, good luck trying to win in the first round or second round. Sure. Like, good luck, because whoever gets through there will probably be able to pull out a win against you. Just uh, an interesting I theory. I, I don't think they will. So, um, well, I don't think they will need to anyways because they won't have it locked up. I think that's going to be a race for the rest of the year. So yeah, I'm I hopeful gonna, uh, as much as I'm also not a 49er or a uh, Cowboys fan or an Eagles fan. I really hope one of them takes it because I really, obviously we all don't want them to, the 49ers to have the easiest path to, to get to the Super Bowl. Oh, I want them. I really want them to win the for one seed. And I would love nothing more for the Rams to be the seventh seed win on wildcard weekend and go to Santa Clara and if we beat them to go to the championship game, oh, that would be so sweet. So sweet, Zach. Yes. Yes, it would. Uh, so leave our leave your comments below. How do you think this rest of the season is going to be? Do you think the Rams are going to go in and uh, finish off in the seventh seed? Or do you think they could somehow sneak up into the sixth seed? Um, please leave those comments down below. Uh, I think really that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. Um, it was another great episode, Ashton. It's always fun to get to do this to you. We're coming up on our one or two year uh, anniversary of of doing uh, this podcast. How are you feeling about that? Oh man, it, it's always a blast. Uh, we have definitely grown, gotten better, and I hope you guys see the results of that every week. Uh, it just it's buttery smooth. A lot of you guys don't see the amount of work we put on back in Zach, you do a lot of great work. Uh, and you know, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a good outlet for us to be able to vent, talk about and uh, kind of express our opinions in a uh, artistic way. And, you know, uh, we do it for you guys, the daily listeners or weekly listeners. Uh, you know, even if it's only five or 10, when it was a small number, like, we appreciated each one of you guys. And uh, that's why we do it. And that's why we put in the work. And uh, 
you know, we put in the money too. Like this isn't free and we love doing it for you. Yeah, it's it's just a great outlet. And it's been really fun being able to get to meet with you guys when we do get to go to games and build this cool community um, with other fellow uh, Rams podcasters um, and entertainers and things like that. So continue to support us. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at East Coast Rams. You can find us on X at East Coast Rams. You can find us on threads. You can find us on Instagram. Um, you can find us anywhere. You go to eastcoastrams.com and find all of the places that you can find us on all social platforms. Um, we will be back next week uh, to kind of recap the Washington game um, and then kind of preview the Thursday night football game against the Saints. Two more games before Christmas. Then we get to have you know a nice solid Christmas break um, before we go into New Year's with the Giants. Um, so yeah, with, you, uh, no, you go ahead. will be able to talk about two Rams wins going to Christmas, nice and happy and be able to eat, enjoy presents, uh, especially the presents we get for Ram stuff uh, and come back with all a new swag ready to take on the Giants. I'm all ready for my new Ram swag. I can always use more Ram swag. Um, all right, everybody. Well, you guys stay safe out there and, you know, we look forward to another Rams victory this Sunday. And as always, whose house? Rams house. Rams house. <laughs>